Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. This month we've been dealing with family enrichment. Last two weeks, Pastor dealt on the subject of love and family. He passionately spoke about how it's important for, we, for us to find acceptance in our families. Um, some of the key things I found in life, and um, even though I've not been around for too long, is the fact that how important it is to feel that you're accepted amongst your own. The Bible says that Jesus couldn't do many miracles in Nazareth because the people did not receive him as a prophet. So he couldn't be a prophet to them. And therefore, it's ever so important that we find acceptance with the people, we, the people you, where you come from, the people you belong to. And our families are the fundamental places where we, it doesn't matter how messed up we are. When we go to, when we people come, when family members come back, or when we go to family, we expect to find acceptance. And it is important that as, as you know, most of us are raising our families. We, we are, it's a church where a lot of people are, have just, have just given birth, are giving birth, or have young children. When your children go out there to face, they shouldn't come back home to have ridicule. It's not necessary, absolutely. Most of us come from where you are insulted by the way you look, your legs, your face, or look at the face, and then they give a description to it. And um, we've, gr- we've grown up with all kinds of conception around about us, and some of it is not even true. I, 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 I honestly, I just can't understand why, but um, that's our culture. And um, we have grown up to having some insecurities around us. And it's a shame that it's coming from our families rather than outside. But family is a place where people, where we have to give the room to build so that when, when our children go out there or when we go out there, we know that we are loved. And therefore, it doesn't matter what happens outside there. We know when we come back home, when we return to our families, we are accepted. It doesn't matter how. And therefore, is a, is, is a, I can't overstress it. Those of us who are raising children now is, more, is ever so important, especially when people are going through challenges, especially then, especially when people are not all that straight, all that perfect. Expectations have been dashed by all kinds of characters, all kinds of school reports that you have received, all kinds of reports from friends that you have received. It's, more, it's even then necessary to make sure that our own find acceptance with us. Because it's easy just to pick. And you did it, you're supposed to do that, you're supposed to do that. There's a place for that. But all of that must be done in love. Or else they begin to hide things. They begin to learn how to lie. They begin to present to you what they believe you want to hear. And after a long while, you realize that your paths are totally opposite. And you wonder what happened. We live in the same roof, but... The principles are totally different. So it's important that 
we create room for our loved ones. Sometimes it might be your sister or your brother who would come to you with a difficult issue. They know that you go to church and you have your standards. They know it. That's not when to, you know, pull the Bible out. They already know the kind of person you are. So that is really not the time. But give them opportunity to find acceptance with you in spite of what they, they've done, what they've gone through. And from then you can help them build. Because nobody goes to a place where they are criticized, put down, ridiculed. Nobody. So if some of us have siblings, we, our communications are just the hello and hi, and that's about it, just surface communications. Because they know that you're going to use your Christian stick to beat them up. And therefore, they never say anything to you. And you, can be, you can help them. You can share God's word, which can make a huge difference for them. But they wouldn't open up because they suspect you're going to beat them up. So love is, 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 is vital in our families. And then we moved on to, um, to talk about our faith last week. And God helped us to understand how important it is to build our families on the word of God. Our faith must speak out. It must show in how we organize ourselves in our families, the things we do, the things we believe in, the values we have, the things we hold dear in our families. It must all be inspired and instructed by the word of God. And today we are looking at what our faith actually says. So we did say a lot about, you know, do it based on the word, do based on the word, do based on the word. What does the word say? So that you can go and do it on the word, isn't it? Cool. Okay. Um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 29 continues to be our foundation scripture, but um, we will move on to 1 Peter chapter 3. Matthew 7, um, Matthew 7 talks about laying the foundation on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. We established that last week that there's no other foundation that can be laid but that which has already been laid which is Jesus Christ. So what makes us Christian families is the word of God and that that family is built on and not the fact that we come to church together and all of that. All those are important, but it is the word of God that determines that we are Christians. First Peter chapter 3. Okay. This is interesting. The word of God speaks for itself anyway, so... First Peter chapter 3 says, Wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if, one, if some do not obey the word, they without the word may be worn by the conduct of their wives, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornments be merely outward, arranging of hair, wearing gold, or putting on a fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good, and are not afraid with any terror. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife 
as a weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Amen. I'm sure I can go and take my seat because it's quite... Oh. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, I didn't come to church for this. I'm really not interested to be told one more time how to be submissive to my so-called husband. But um, we'll see what God says. Because in the, to start with, we established from two weeks ago that the family is God's idea. Marriage is God's idea. And the family started with Adam and Eve. God put them together as a couple. And from them came children. And then the rest is what we see today. And um, we, can't, you, we can't take a family month and not talk about the various relationships in families. families. So we're going to talk about husband and wife, parents and children, siblings amongst each other. And... Um, is 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 but we will start with husband and wife and then we'll go on to parents and children and then we'll go on to siblings god willing what we've read a lot of us have heard it or we've read it from ephesians chapter 5 and um is 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 something that people have various questions about and various concerns about that wives are supposed to submit and uh, husbands are to dwell with their wives um, with understanding and various other things. But we'll see what God says. This is God's hierarchy. And this is God's way of doing things. Just as we didn't decide that the mouth must be here, the eyes must be there, the eyes must be two and not three or four. The ears must be two and not three. The nose there shouldn't be one on the cheek and the other one over there. Just as we didn't decide that, but a normal human being is born with eyes over there, nose over there. Just as the same way God decided how the marriage should work. So I always say that if you don't want to abide by the rule, don't get into it. Am I good? Okay. If you don't want how it's supposed to be done, then don't get into it. But if you want to get into it and, you know, call yourself a Christian family, then this is how it's supposed to be done. God's way, in order to have God's blessing on, on your marriage. So it says, wives, submit to your husbands. It's not talk, the Bible is not talking about one being better than the other. Because in Galatians chapter 2, it, it's, it talks about the fact that we are all equal in Christ. It says there's no more male or female, Hebrew or Greek, you know, master and not. There is clear equality in Christ. So this is not an issue where God is saying that the male is better than the female. We are all one in Christ. But then you see the word that was used wasn't women submit to men. It says wives. Wives indicates that you've joined a particular institution. Therefore, you have you have, moved, you, have, you have added another qualification to yourself. You're not just a woman. But now, you've added something to which you've joined the institution of marriage and therefore you're a wife. And so that is, you can choose that or not. 
to be a wife or not. But as a woman, obviously, you are. You, you, you don't have to go around submitting to all men. Anybody in trousers. Oh, I'm supposed to submit to you. Oh, I'm supposed... No, no, no. Or nobody can also insist that you are the woman. Especially in a church like this where we work in departments and all of that. It doesn't mean that you can't have a departmental head who is a female. No. And when the, the departmental head brings a direction, you're supposed to support it and work alongside just as if he was a male, because there isn't an issue there. That God doesn't have a problem. He created men and created women. I just want to take the opportunity to establish it, because some people think that, you know, God is being unfair. But this is how God has made it. For it to work. For it to work. Because God knows how he created men, how they are wired. And God knows how he created women and how women are wired. And he says, it's better for the woman to submit and not for the man to submit. And it's better for the man to dwell with the woman with, with knowledge. It's better for the man to do the loving. Because I bet you, if the man doesn't do the loving, you won't like it. You won't like it. But we'll go into that later. So it says women submit to your own husbands. And the, 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 good thing, the, the good thing I see is how beautifully God illustrated in, in the Godhead. is We have G, uh, the Father who is God, Jesus who is God, and the Holy Spirit who is equally God. But in hierarchy there's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One is not God more than the other. But it's just how the hierarchy is and how it works. It's the same way as God has said the men should be the head and the women should um, to, to be the whatever is left of the body. <laughs> I heard the statement. I found it so funny. It says, anything that has two heads is a freak. Anything that doesn't have a head is dead. So don't have an issue when you are in marriage. That one has to be the head and the other one has to submit. Shouldn't be an issue because either you're going to be dead or you're going to be a freak. <laughs> Somebody is really milking it. <laughs> but I think that most women have justification because they are very worried about if I fully submit to this man. <laughs> <laughs> This man, who is mortal as I am, with all his flaws, all his shortcomings, some of the decisions he makes, you realize that he actually needs help. You have to ponder and have patience. And you have to submit fully. Not by coercion, not by demand, but it has to be a willing exercise on the wife's part. A willing exercise on the wife's part. Not by coercion, not by demand. Willing exercise on the wife's part. And so it makes you wonder that how can I submit fully to a man as human as I am? But this is what God says. And I encourage all, lady, all wives here and all ladies who plan to marry, that this is what God is saying and we have to believe God fully in order to do it fully. 
As we can raise our children by faith to turn out to be good children, we can submit by faith as well. We can believe God for grace to do it, isn't it? Yeah, so we have no excuse not to do it. So, I think uh, uh, we know about Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to 24, so you can go, go and read it when you've got the chance. But I want to um, concentrate on First Peter chapter 3. It talks about, verse, verse 3 says, Do not let your adornments be merely outward, arranging of hair, wearing gold, or putting on a fine apparel. And in some, in some parts of Christendom, it's, it's some people say that you are therefore not supposed to you know, look a particular way, put on makeup, all of that. But it never said that. The, the scriptures never say that. Because if it says that don't put on gold or arrange your hair, then let's look at it. It said, don't arrange your hair, which is arranging of hair. Don't wear gold and don't put on. Yeah. So it means that if you're taking a little ass, it is claimed by some, your apparel must be torn. And if, obviously, if you don't have fine apparel, then you have whatever apparel. But the scripture never said that. The fact that you're saved doesn't mean you have to go around looking tatted. It never said that. But it says that don't let, don't let your, um, yeah, adornment be only these things. But rather, because there's something greater than just the wearing of fine apparel, wearing of gold and arranging of hair. Because it's interesting that if you look at the scripture further down, we pick somebody like Sarah to bring, a, to bring the point out how Sarah, you know, um, got, went about her married life. And Sarah, if we look at um, in the account of Genesis chapter 20, Sarah was a beautiful woman, exceptionally beautiful woman. We know Esther, how she had to be, you know, prepared by all kinds of oils and <laughs> exactly for, for her to go on a pageant. And God didn't say she's going to go on a pageant, so I'm going to kill her. So, you know, so God doesn't have an issue with that. Sarah, at the age of 80, had kings caught in her. Because in Genesis 20, when you get a time to have a look at it, the king Abimelech, as soon as he saw Sarah, he said, I must have this girl. She's too fine. Kings normally have loads of wives in those days. But she said, this one, I've got to have a go. I have to have her. That's how beautiful she was. So, and you can imagine how, if she, she's that beautiful, how she put herself together. In those days where we didn't have anti-engine cream, in days where there wasn't anything particular, you know, Max Factor, Laurel, Lazelle, mention them. They weren't in existence yet. However, they, this woman was exceptionally beautiful. So beautiful is beyond these things. I don't, I, I don't really mind if whatever, however you want to, you know, define beauty, whether you want to put your lash, as I some lashes are like brooms or fans. <laughs> When you eventually have to take extra effort to open the eyelid and then extra effort to put it down. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good if that's, you know, your definition of beauty. And if you're married and your husband loves it, hey, go ahead. Exactly, why not? 
So um, Bible doesn't have any issues with that. But the, the, um, God wants us to be more than that. To be more than that. Because outward, outward beauty fades. It doesn't matter how much product you use. It, honestly, it does not matter. You could have the best of genes. You could, have, you could have maintained yourself in all kinds of facials and all of that. But I bet you, when you are 120, there will be a difference between you, the 120-year-old, and the 12-year-old. There will be a difference. There will be. It will be very clear. Either the face, the chest, or somewhere will show. The hands, somewhere will show that this one, she's been around for long. So, so really, it's good to do it, maintain it, but it can't be your focus and your all. And one thing I've come to realize, is, especially in our world today, if all there is to you is your beauty, outward beauty, you are in trouble. Especially if you want to get married. If all there is to you, you can get a man's attention by how you look. But even from courtship into marriage, for you to move from courtship into marriage, it takes more than your beauty. It will take more than your beauty. And then in marriage, after they've been there and seen it, oh dear, it will take more than your beauty. Because once you've, you wipe the makeup off, by the time all these things have been taken off, what is left... The man wonders, is this what I got? And this is what I paid for. <laughs> but I'm not saying everybody is like that. Some people is all natural. Mm. So that's when we go, we have to take some things off and put some other things back on. But um, if... <laughs> Look, this is the same person. You can't believe. <laughs> Beauty is only skin deep. Beauty is only skin deep. Beauty is just skin deep. Proverbs chapter 31, further down, talks about how beauty fades. It's passing. It's vain to concentrate all on beauty, outward beauty. And I encourage ladies here, as much as you can keep yourself, but work on other things. They are far more important. They are, those are the things that will preserve it. Some people have been into gone into marriage, have come out. There were issues on their man's side. But as women, we know where we went wrong. You know it. You know it. After a while, you learn. You know where you went wrong. And those are the very things that you could have worked on. You could have, you could have worked on. But sometimes we let other things take focus. And um, we don't focus on the things that we have to work on. Is, is, is the, the Bible says, focus on a meek and a quiet spirit, a gentle and a quiet spirit. The Bible is not talking about just being like, you have no brains, your brains don't function, you are like a slug, you are a worm, there's nothing to you. When they say sit down here, you sit here throughout until somebody comes to push you, until you do something. No, that's not what the Bible is saying. Some of us are born with fiery personalities and it is Good. God doesn't have a problem with that. Some of us are born with bubbly personalities. Wherever you enter, somebody will know you're there. Everybody will know you're there. Everywhere you're up and down. That's not, that's not what the Bible is saying. If it says, I have a meek and a quiet spirit. 
The Bible is not saying that. Whatever personality you were born with, God is okay with it. Remember, he knitted you. He put you together in your mother's womb. The personality, the character trait, however you come out, is good. It's actually necessary for the people you will impact in the future, for the difference you will make in the future. It is necessary for that. Some of us need to be quiet because of the people we would, would have to relate with. Some of us need to be fiery and bubbly because of the people we relate with. So that is, that is okay. The Bible, but when the Bible talks about a quiet, a gentle and a quiet spirit, it's talking about a teachable spirit. Being teachable as a wife. Having a teachable spirit. And a gentle a peace within. The reason why I say this is Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 talks about a contentious woman who can live with. Peace within. Because who can live with a contentious woman? A woman who drags, who knocks, who goes on and on. After you've made your point, continue to go on and on and on. As a wife to your husband. It just doesn't work well. So the Bible encourages us to develop a gentle and a quiet spirit, to have a teachable spirit within the family setting where when a husband brings direction, it is a lot easier for you to digest and say, okay, this is what submission means. We are equals. I have a brain, you have a brain. But after discussion, when the final decision is made, it is for you to make the final decision and I am willing to go with it without complaints or murmuring. That's submission. So submission is not because somebody is wiser or knows more than you, but it's because after whatever brain, if there's an opportunity to discuss, there's the discussion takes place, but the man as the head has the right to make the final decision or the right to say you make the final decision. It is for him to do that. And it's for the woman to go alongside once the decision has been made. Alongside, not grumbling, alongside with a meek and a quiet spirit. That is what Bible requires of us. Everybody's gone quiet. <laughs> Peace on the inside. As women, it's so important as wives. Because we keep the home. You, you determine the atmosphere of the home. I've learned it. This, I've learned it. I had, I've learned it, the hard, the soft, whatever we. But I've learned that I determine the atmosphere of my home. Because most of the time the children are around us. Our husbands will come, be around, spend time with us, spend time with the kids. And most of them would go out and come back and meet us at home depending on whatever, your work schedule and all of that. But you keep the home. And therefore, you determine the atmosphere of the home. And if your husband comes home and you are sitting there waiting for him <laughs> today, <laughs> or even sometimes just the phone call, because you've been brooding on something for so long, you don't have peace on the inside. You don't, having peace on the inside is knowing how to let all go and let God take over. That's how you have peace on the inside. It's not because, okay, I can conjure peace. You can't conjure peace in any way. Or, but the ability to say, God, take over, have control. I release it. 
if you're not in that state and some, some funny things are going on in the family setting, once a phone call comes in, I bet you, you are still controlling yourself. I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it. By the time the phone call finishes, anyway, when I said this, you started. And I, I say that if you want a marriage, this is why I say to ladies, if you want your marriage, then do what it takes to keep it. If you don't want your marriage, then just misbehave and do whatever you want to do. Because you know what it will take to keep your marriage. You know it. You know what it takes to keep your man. If you want to have your man, then you know what you have to do. Do it. Because not doing it means losing it. It could be gradual, whatever, but you are losing it. It sounds harsh, but until you, until you do things to start to keep your marriage, how can we work, it, work on it to make it better? There will be nothing to work on. There will be nothing to work on. So you have to make a decision whether you, have, you want your marriage or not and behave accordingly and leave the rest to God. Most of us are too desperate, too keen to say that he's like this, he's like that, and therefore I don't want to do that. Well, it's not going to work then. It's not going to work. You're going to be part of the statistics that you went and you failed. No matter how much you're praying, how much you're binding. It's in marriage, it's about doing. It's not just, I wish. You have to. <laughs> so we are to have a meek and a quiet spirit. We are to, we are to serve. As wives, we are to serve. And I can define serve. It doesn't mean that sitting with your legs crossed and food being brought to you. But the service has got a definition to it. It says, Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. That's why I say if you don't, if it's too harsh, don't go into it. Enjoy your single life. Mm. And single life can be enjoyed. It can be enjoyed. Sometimes in the church, it feels like every, your breakthrough is like you have to marry in order to have fulfillment in life. But it's not true. It's not true. You can thoroughly enjoy singleness. You can be whole. You can be whole as a single. Don't let nobody put pressure on you that you have to be married at this time or that time. You have to marry in God's good time. No pressure. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. So it says that um, Sarah called him Lord, meaning a sign of submission is a sign of bringing yourself under. Because God called wives to be helpmeets right from the beginning. That's what God defined the woman as, to be a helpmeet to her husband. And a helpmeet means that you are not a competitor. You are there to complete him. God clearly saw that the man needed help and gave him you to be a completer and not a competitor because without you, the man was not complete. Your husband is not complete. And therefore, I believe that when a wife goes, enters into marriage and the man's life, it must be seen that the man has become a better person. He's doing better. I believe that women bring blessing into a man's life. 
I believe it. I believe it. Because some of the things are so obvious, you feel you have to address them. And sometimes the, ti- the timing is just not right. Because if you say it now, it, was, it, it, it is going to be World War III. And therefore, you have to buy your time. But as you're buying your time, talk to the father about it. Talk to him. He knows how to deal with him. There are things I say, God, this is not, this shouldn't be you. Talk to him. I know he can hear and see you. So deal with him for me. And there are things you don't have to say them. God knows how to deal with them. If they're believers, that's why it's good to marry a believer. Somebody who can hear from God. It's nice. Because by one, they will just come confessing. I don't know why I used to do this, but now I've changed my mind. Or all of that is like their new idea. It was, you always, you've known for years, but just that you've never said it. So they come with this new idea that this is what we are going to do. You say, oh, yeah, 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 I agree. But you've known for years that this is what we have to do. But if you say it, they won't listen. So, yeah, talk to the father. The father will tell him for you. Yeah, deal with, put them in the box. Put them in the box. Say, God, if I'm, when I tell him, he doesn't listen. I'll put him in the box. He will deal with him for you. Mm, do fasting on it. You're free to. You're free to. But most of the time, you know, it's the other way. We'll put you in the box. It says, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife, as to the weaker vessel, and as being as together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. I believe that God had to put that one there because it was necessary. Mm, because he knows that the husbands are likely to be demanding submission, but not dwell with their wives with understanding. <laughs> so he had to put that special clause there that if you don't do that, your prayers are being hindered. It's interesting. God spoke to women on six verses. The man had only one verse. Some may say that it's because women need extra support. So extra support, you can interpret it in two ways. Support for dealing with men like her husbands. Or <laughs> support in helping us do it. So it's two ways. But we've got six. Men, the men got one but I believe the one is deep. It says dwell together. I want to pick on the word dwell. Dwell means to live together and share life. Live together as one and share life. To do it. To dwell, to share life. And families of today, we are so busy. Everybody's busy. Everybody's busy. Husbands are busy. Even wives, even, even if they are not working, they're busy with their children, their ins and outs as Christians. We are committed to the work of God. We are busy. Most of the time throughout the week, you've been up and down, up and down, up and down. And by the time you have a Saturday afternoon or you, you're really tired. But dwelling requires us to share life. I, I chose to interpret it as sharing life. Have, sharing your full life together. Your challenges, your fears, your joys. Taking time to commune with one another. 
And God gave that responsibility to the man to ensure that that happens. Because he, he knew that a time will come where there will be a lot of ins and outs. The demand on life for a, for a responsible husband would have to make sure that things are going on well in the home. It doesn't mean he has to earn more, but it's his responsibility to make sure that things are, are okay in the home. And therefore, it is easy for attention to be taken off spending time communion, communing together. It's very easy just to be the day in, day, day in, day out to be caught up in the things that needs to be done rather than taking time to spend time together, sharing life. So your life is not something, it's not a, a partitioning of various things. I have a wife, I have children, I have a job, I go to church. No. But once you are married, you've become one and all these things are, are common thing, things you share together. You share your worship together. That's why as a church, we believe that husband and wife should worship at the same place. We strongly believe that. That's why it's good for you to be able to hold hands and pray about issues. Have a daily commitment of whatever you do. If it's you pray together, you share the word together. If you find something exciting about the word of God, share with your wife. You know, share time. Share time. Share life. Don't let it just be things that need to be done. But let us, let husband and wife have the joy of being one and sharing each other's lives. It's important. We dwell first. Then you dwell with understanding. The King James says dwell with knowledge. How do you acquire knowledge? It takes studies. You get understanding by studying something. And studying takes time. Those of us who are studying, you need to make time to sit with your books. Whatever you study, you need to make time to sit with whatever you're studying. And so if you're dwelling with understanding, it requires you making time. It requires you making the time. Because something that you have not studied, you wouldn't have understanding of. It's not possible. So you need to, because sometimes your wife's attitude is changing. You, you don't know why. It's because you've not spent time with her for the past one week, two weeks. You've been too busy to know what's going on with her. Some, some men are so busy, they, don't even, they can't even recognize their wife has changed their hairdo. Too busy. Say, so, oh, oh, okay. I didn't realize the woman will be parading up and down. Parading, parading, shaking it, doing whatever. And the master doesn't see any difference. So have you, how am I looking today? You look nice. Yo, hey, you look nice. Have you seen anything around my neck? Oh, yeah. It's all right. Have you seen anything around my head? It's all right. <laughs> No one's trying to point to the hairstyle, the new hairstyle she's done. Not spending time. Not spending time. Especially people from our kind of backgrounds. Because you want to have a story building from where you came from. Meanwhile, you, you hardly go and live there. It's true. They want to have a story building. That's the statement of their prosperity. That we've made it. We came to UK and now we've made it. So that's the evidence. That is to tell the people back home that the one abroad has made it. It's, that sacrifice is not worth it. You're sacrificing your life, your family, the joy of your family, the joy of your wife, your, your marriage, so you can make a statement to people who don't really care about you. 
Да. Those, if you have your immediate family, make sure that you make life worth, you enjoy life. I always say some of my best memories in life is when I was a child. Because my parents made time for us. They made time for us. Evenings, weekends, school breaks. They didn't have to be big, a big deal. But oh, we knew we were loved. We knew it. We were loved. We knew that when dad comes home, it will be fun. He will crack jokes, sit with us, ask you about your day and all of that. Those are my most cherished memories. It gave me this confidence in life that I don't care what somebody else does to me. I know my daddy loves me. I don't, I don't, honestly, people think, oh, you are, you know, you are proud. And well, no, no, no. Honestly, I, I didn't have to have friends outside. I didn't. Couldn't wait to go home. I couldn't wait to go home. Because home was enjoyable. I loved it. I loved home. I loved being at home. They made time for us, and it, 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 built, it built us, as my siblings, myself, it built us, made a huge difference for us. Learning to understand, making time to study, to understand, and also to listen. Women are totally different from men. You can tell from my shapes, we are different. Most of, most of the time, we women, we communicate, we, we, we communicate with our hearts. Men communicate with their minds. It's logic. It has to be this way. It has to be that way. It's, you know, simple process. Why can't you understand? That's the man's stand. You know, this is how it's supposed to be. Okay, let's get on. And you also want to go on and on and on and on. You think, what is wrong with this woman? That's how she communicates. So making time means making time to listen to her. Making, giving her the opportunity to express how she feels. Because those feelings matter. It matters. Because it's the same feelings that it can be expressed as intuition. And it is said that a woman's intuition, a woman's guess, is usually more accurate than a man's precision. It's because of those same feelings. I don't feel this is right. And you've got all your calculations. Two months down the line, she was right. She was right. Especially around, about people. They, don't, they, don't, they are not comfortable about this person. Listen. 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 Because if we don't make room for that, we are not building and bringing the space, we are not creating the space for the woman to express themselves. I always say that husbands and wives, we tell on each other. What your wife becomes is an evidence of the hard work you've put in. What your husband becomes is an evidence of the hard work you've put in. So we have a, a responsibility to, to each other. You're not going in there thinking that he's going to just, you know, make you all that, you know. And No, no, no. It's, ex it's work that needs to be done on both sides. It says, live with her 
as, um, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as a weaker vessel. And the Bible describes the woman as a weaker vessel. So in those days, a weaker vessel will be a pot that is rather fine. So it's easy, if you don't handle it well, it breaks. Like fine china we will call today. So it says, handle her as a weaker vessel, as a fine pottery, as a precious pottery. That's how you to handle the woman. Somebody precious to you. In church today, we see how some men would just treat their wives anyway, speak to them anyway. And the next minute, turn around and compliment another lady. How good you look. Oh, you're looking so nice. And their wives are not, um, like nothing. They've been with them all throughout the day, morning, sat in the car, got into church, and they never even looked at them. But the next minute you see somebody, oh, you look so nice. Wow, you look nice. You constantly compliment women, other women, never giving any thoughts for your wife. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Honor her for her hard work. Honor her for keeping the home. Honor her for keeping your kids clean. Brushing their teeth on a daily basis. Making sure that they look all right. Honor her for that. Honor her for, for, for the meals she cooked. Even they could be salty or too much pepper. But honor her for that because she went made the effort. And the interesting thing is a meal doesn't just appear. Most of the time you have to go out, buy stuff, carry them, bring them, stand on your feet, clean them, do whatever, and put them together. Sometimes it's very disappointing if it doesn't come out right. <laughs> it took effort on a daily basis. Especially in our world today where women go out to work and make financial contributions in the home. It's important that you take time to honor them. It's important. It's important. Even if strangers gave you 20 quid, you would think that they are the best in the world. You'd appreciate them. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. you go on and on. How much more on a regular basis for the woman to make constant financial contributions in the home? It's, it's only right for you to appreciate her. It's only right. It's important that we abide by God's word because it would be a shame for these ups and downs and our marriages don't end up being the success that they're supposed to be. Prayers being hindered, I know that it, it affects everybody anyway. So I really don't want my husband's prayers to be hindered because it's not going to affect him alone. It's going to affect me if he's praying for ABC and whatever he has invariably is going to impact on me and our home. I really don't want him not to have it. I really want him to have it so that all of us can enjoy it. So it's nothing for women to now claim that mm, you're not doing this. Your prayers will be hindered. I declare your prayers are being hindered. <laughs> I declare your prayers are being hindered. Because you're not treating me as such or you're not treating me as that. But I believe that God puts it there so that it can be a caution for, for us in the home. That he doesn't delight in what, whatever he's put together as the marriage not to be, you know, enjoyed and for it to not come to its true fruition as he purposed it to be. So, um, husbands and wives, 
I hope you heard me. And I hope you heard God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. So we'll look at within families, parents and children relationship. Last week, I dwelt a lot on um, how we should use the word to build our homes, especially how in raising our children. So I'm not going to dwell too much on that. But the scripture says that it's for children to obey their parents. And if you are beyond the stage of obedience, it's for you to honor your parents. Because obviously, your when at once you hit a certain age, your parents won't be telling you that it's now time to go to work and therefore you have to obey that. Or it's not, you have to tend to your wife or you have to tend to your children. They don't, they don't have that role any longer. And therefore, after you've moved on from the stage of where you have to obey your parents, it says, honor your mother and your father. And I believe that this, these things can escape us very easily because we know that we are, you know, we are, God is on our side. Things will be well. But God specifically said that we should honor them. When you no more can obey your parents, it's your responsibility to honor your mother and father. And it says that, that it will be well with you. That is why some Christians can struggle in life after all the prayers and hands that has been laid on them, all the oils that has been poured on them, still struggle in life, and some unbelievers can do well in life. Because this commandment, if it's obeyed by the unbeliever, equally works for the unbeliever. Equally works for the unbeliever. Just the same principle as sowing and reaping. Don't have to be a Christian to enjoy it. There are some unbelievers who enjoy it. And it's the same here. Honor your parents. Give them regard. Honoring them is giving them regard. Putting them in their place where they belong. A place of respect. A place of, it's, it's important. It says that, that it will be well with you. And you may live long. It's not the vitamins that will make sure that you live long. Not necessarily. It's not necessarily the healthy eating. Because there are people eating healthy. And they are rotting down somewhere. It's not the exercise that would necessarily ensure that you live long. They are all good. But it says when you honor your parents. And it says, fathers, do not provoke your children unto wrath. But bring them up in the training and the admonition of God. And of the Lord. Instruct, discipline and nature in the admonition of the Lord. You didn't give birth just to decorate the child and make the child look pretty and also be named that you also have kids. Train them. The Bible says train, the word, the word that is used is train them. So put them through a set of, way, a way of doing things and they will be accustomed to those things. And he asked that the admonition of the Lord, so not just any training, not just any training, but God's way of training. So it's our responsibility to instruct them, discipline them, and nurture them in the way of the Lord. And other, in, our, in, in other relations in our families, could be our siblings, our in-laws, our in-laws. It could be very tricky places. 
having in laws. They are sweet and they are a blessing. Because without them, you wouldn't have your spouse. But in laws, if you are an in law here, I encourage you to be Christian. I encourage you to be a Christian. Please, let your Christianity show with your in-laws. Because some of us, when it comes to our in-laws, we just lose it. Who do they think they are? They can't be telling us what we are doing here. This is, please, I beseech thee, by the mercies of God, that be a Christian to your in-laws. Because, because they are so close, sometimes yet so far, you don't see them. But their influence can be so strong. Because guess what? They raised your husband or they raised your wife. You can't cut them off. Guess what? They are married to your son or they are married to your daughter. The one so precious to you. Now they call somebody else precious. So it's an inevitable relationship. You just can't do without. You just can't do without. Both on the parent side and on the couple side, on the people in marriage. You just can't, once you've got in-laws, thank God. Because some of you wish you didn't have in-laws. But be Christian. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. It doesn't mention in-laws, but I would like to just put slot in-laws there so that we'll see how it says. Romans 12, verse 18. Actually, shall we start? We can start from verse 17. But the main, it said, repay no evil for evil. Your in-laws, please, don't repay them evil for evil. This thing they did five years ago, you've been waiting for the opportunity to avenge. But the Bible says, repay no evil for evil. Have, have regard for good things in the sight of all men, in the sight of all your in-laws, including brothers and sisters-in-laws. For if possible, as much as depends on you, live at peace with all your in-laws. It can be extremely challenging. Extremely challenging. However, if, we can, if the Bible can instruct us to be, live peaceably with all men, how much more are in-laws? They are a lot closer than all men. So I encourage you, be Christian with them. Be at peace. They may not be at peace with you, but ensure that you are at peace with them. You can't determine what happens in another person's heart, but you can surely determine what happens in your heart, which is in in, in reflecting in your attitude and in your actions. So if, however possible, if it requires buying gifts, buy them. If it requires making phone calls, make them. If it requires... Just being there to listen. Just be there. If some of it may require listening to a voicemail where they've insulted you and you don't respond. Yeah. Some of it may require that. That you, somebody's spoken horrible things about you. You never did it. You were never there. But be at peace. And be a Christian. You may not be able to answer every person who says something about you. But make it a point to be a Christian. Make it a point. To exhibit Christ. Exhibit Christ. The Christ you claim to be Lord. Make it a point to exhibit it. Especially 
in our families, with our in-laws. Because trying times will come. Trying times. Things will happen. Family issues will come up. Sometimes you think you've, you've, you've shut all the doors. And then a relative passes away. And all of a sudden you have to come together. You have to deal with them. The same people you don't want to know anything about, you have to deal with them. How would you go about these things? Bear in mind, as they, we don't see them on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, let's not forget the fact that they are still part of us. I always say they are your children's uncle. They are your children's auntie. Can't cut them off. They matter in family life. And therefore, husbands and wives, parents and children, siblings, in-laws, hear the word of God, obey it, live it out, and it will make all the difference in your life. Shall we please be on our feet? Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.